Hey everyone, welcome to the Seven Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. Seven is the young adults community of Gateway Church here in Arizona. And we exist to help you find your people, find your place, find your purpose, but most importantly, to find His presence. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week at 7. We hope this message speaks to you and grows you. Let's check it out. Welcome to 7. For those of you that are new, so glad that you're here. My name is Isaac, and uh, I have the privilege of being our young adult pastor here at 7. And um, just so thankful that you're here. I hope in the times that you've been here and in the times that, you know, to come, in the, in the weeks to come, that you've noticed and will continue to see that that our, our biggest priority, the number one thing that we're continually going after is, is the presence of God. We want to be where he is. Um, we want to hear what he's saying. And um, it's just an incredible time when we get to worship together. And, and, and uh, obviously his presence is, is still, he's still speaking to us. Uh, but we're just so glad that you're here. Hopefully um, you've had an opportunity to connect with someone um, and uh, connect to the Lord already. And it's going to be an incredible night together. Hey, we've been in a series. Go ahead, open up your Bible. Uh, to Jonah chapter 1. Uh, we've been in a series on Jonah, and actually we just started this series a week ago. And um, really over the next four or five weeks, we're going to be, actually I guess it's three, four weeks now, but uh, we're in this series on Jonah, and, and our desire really is to lean in and to study the life of Jonah, um, the book of Jonah, um, and uh, observe as much as we possibly can about Jonah's uh, call and, um, but more importantly and most importantly, um, our desire through this series is to, is to recognize, to understand, to learn, to, to see the character and the nature of our God on display in Jonah's life and in, in this story that is, that is Jonah. And um, so one of the things that we've recognized and realized is that um, in, the, in, in Jonah's story, um, you know, re- identifying kind of who the main character is and, and understanding that, that the fish is only mentioned four times. The city is only mentioned nine times. The great city, Nineveh, is only mentioned nine times. The prophet Jonah himself is only mentioned 18 times. Um, but Jonah is only four chapters long, 47 verses. Um, and God is mentioned 37 times in 47 verses. And uh, so it's obvious that of there's a lot of things that we can learn in the book of Jonah, but, but of course we must not miss the character and the nature of our God on display in the book of Jonah. So that's our desire, that's our goal, and uh, understand that as we step in um, to our calling and to what God's calling us to do to influence and impact um, not just our generation, but the world around us, our communities, our workplaces, our families, our cities, um, what are we to do? What can we learn from Jonah's life and um, from the way that God continually pursued Jonah and called him into into purpose? And uh, so Jonah chapter one, uh, verse five, I'm going to read a significant amount of verses, uh, but then we're going to kind of just jump right in. I'll I'll recap a little bit of what we talked about last week, and then we'll just jump right in. Um, So beginning in verse five, Jonah chapter one, it says, then the mariners were afraid. Um, So Jonah's on the boat, storm comes. The Bible says, then the mariners were afraid and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship and had laid down and and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said to him, what do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. 
So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Please tell us, for, the, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? We talked a little bit about last week that who, what, where all matter to God. In fact, who, what, where, when, why, and how, they all matter to God. And we see a lot of that in even just those questions that the sailors were asking Jonah. Verse 9, so he, Jonah, said to them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing even more tempestuous. And he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode harder to return to land, but they could not. For the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord. Uh, Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, look at this, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah, threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Now look at this. The Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. Well, Jonah was running away. God was preparing things for him anyways. And uh, Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three days. Nights. I want to talk for the next few moments, and this message is simply titled Turning Point. Turning Point. Turning Point. And uh, many scholars believe that, that, that this kind of, uh, this, this portion that we just read together is a turning point in Jonah's life. It's when he was being disobedient to the Lord and, and kind of got to that point where he's like, you know what? I'm going to submit to what God is doing, and, and I'm going to answer the call that's on my life. I'm going to be obedient to the Lord. And uh, over the course of the next few moments together, we're going to dig into what that looked like for him. When, when, he, when he finally was able to say, you know what, God? Okay, I'm in. I, I want to be a part of this. God, you have my life. Now what? What does that look like? What does stepping into what God is asking you to do, what he's calling you to do, what he has purposed you to do, what does that look like? What does it require? What does it, what does it mean for for us. Let's pray together and then we'll jump in. God, I thank you so much for these moments that we share. God, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would encourage us, that you would challenge us. God, that throughout this entire time together that we have, that we would continually hear your voice. God, that our ears would be opened, our hearts would be open. God, our desire is to is to lead. Our desire is to be obedient to you. Our desire is to become more and more every day the people that you've created us to be, the men and the women that you've made us to be. God, we wanna do something. God, we wanna make a difference. We want to impact the world. We wanna impact those around us. We want to make a dent in hell by growing the kingdom. God, our desire is to upset hell as we see every day through a kingdom mindset. 
knowing that you've got something on this earth for us to do. There are people for us to love, to care for. God, would we trust you? Would we follow you? Would we be led by you fully and completely? And God, tonight, would we leave a little bit different than when we came in? In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. <coughs> Amen. Hey, um, so this past year, my wife and I, we, we bought a house. And, um, you know, it's kind of something that we've been prepping for for, for a few years now. And um, God kind of just provided an incredible opportunity for us to buy a house this, this past year. And um, I'll say, um, I mentioned it a little bit last week, that, um, that last year was a year where we really had to root out some fear. That, that we realized was, was kind of at the foundation or at the core of a lot of these decisions and just ways we were living our life. And not even realizing that it was there, that it was present. And uh, what I realized, and, and, and maybe this is for you, is that sometimes there's some issues that are deep down in there that you don't even know. And um, I found myself frustrated in some situations. I found myself um, looking for answers and trying to figure out, like, what is going on? What should I be doing? And I just didn't feel, I just felt like there was kind of some upsetting going on and, and only to realize that, that it, was, it was actually the Lord and um, that there were some things kind of under the surface that were kind of um, kind of causing some, some they, they, they were having an effect on some, some relationships, some, um, some decisions that my wife and I were trying to make. And so we spent really a lot of last year kind of rooting out fear from, from <coughs> excuse me, from our, from our life and, um, or at least becoming more aware of it so we could handle it. And anyway, so we bought a house and, um, it, it was, it was a, uh, here's what I'll say. It's a lot easier to buy a house than you think. Um, maybe a lot simpler, I should say. Uh, when we started this process to buy a house, like we jumped in and we're like, we have no idea what we're doing. And we got a lot of advice from some counsel and, some, uh, and from Pastor Preston and Holly and um, just some people that we, we, we care about, we love, that, that have gone before us and just, hey, like, what do we do? How do we do this? And what we realized is that, like, man, like, they'll, it's, you just got to be aware of, <laughs> of the process as you're going into it. But um, one of the things that we, we got to the point where we had to make a down payment. Okay, that you, you hear a lot about this, about a down payment on a home. And, and many of you, maybe you're saving for a down payment on a home. Or maybe you, maybe you just bought a house as well. Or, or, or maybe you're in college, like now's the time to start saving for a down payment on a home. Um, or uh, wherever you're at. But, but we got to this point, and there's this, there's this moment where, um, you, you've got to actually, like, you've been saving for a long time, but you've got to actually, like, take all that money you've been saving and transfer it to somebody else. And you see just the way your bank account adjusts um, isn't very, like, doesn't make you super excited, right? Like, you get used to seeing, like, money in your savings, and then all of a sudden it's just gone, and you buy a house. And so there's this, there's this turning point, if you will, um, where we hand over, we're like, all right, like we are doing this. Now they tell you when you, when you pay the money that, that you've got like 10 days to kind of still get out of it. And then there's all these ways you could still get out of it. But the reality is like, I mean, once you, once you pay the money, I mean, you are in. Like that is a big time deal. Once you hand the money over, like you are buying a house. That's just what it is. And there's this, there's this moment where like, we, we made an offer, offer got accepted. It was totally a God thing, totally a blessing. Right, everything was, uh, like, like there's just no part of it that, that, it, that was not God. And, um, 
But there's that moment where you got to hand over the check that you're like, hold on a second, let's think about this one more time, right? And it's just like this turning point where once you give it up, you're like, okay, we're all in. Like, let's go look at furniture. Like, we're, all right, let's start packing stuff up. And it's like the day you make that payment, now you've got like boxes in your house. You know what I mean? Like you are just, you're moving. And there's this, there's this turning point. And I think there's, even when it comes to our walk with the Lord and, and our, our relationship with God, there's these turning point moments that exist, Okay, um, I, I'm sure maybe you can, if you were to t- pause and kind of just think back, there've probably been a handful of turning point moments in 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 your life as it relates to maybe your career, where you had to kind of step out and say, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move to a new city. Many of you have moved here uh, to start careers and start jobs and get married and have families and and or go to school and and, and there's these turning point moments in in each of our of our lives and it's no different with our relationship with the Lord. See, see, Jonah is, is, is disobedient. Jonah is, is running away and there's this moment where, to recap briefly, um, part one, Jonah is, Jonah is, there's this moment where the storm shows up and Jonah realizes, hey, you know what, this is, this is on me. Um, I, I've been running away from the Lord and, and this kind of will all stop if, if you just kind of throw me over. That, that's kind of what we, what we just read, but what we didn't read and what we talked about last week is, is um, Jonah can't be faulted too bad for the situation that he's in because Jonah was called to go serve his enemies. I mean, you, you and I have you and I have trouble um, like like talking to our coworker about Jesus, inviting them to church. Um, you, you know, we 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 maybe have gone to the same barista at Starbucks for six months. She's been the same one there every single day for six months. And not one time have we ever talked about Jesus. Like we're, like we're worried about talking to her about Jesus. But then we, we come here, we come to church, we read Jonah, and we're like, you idiot. Like, how come you didn't tell them? Like, come on, they're your enemies, just serve them. But like, we have a hard time, like, even with the people that we love the most and we care about the most or we see the most often or we have relationships with. And, but Jonah's called to go to Nineveh. Nineveh is a barbaric city. Nineveh, the, the Assyrians are, are, are barbaric people. They, they, they've skinned people alive. They were... They, they, they build pyramids out of, out of decapitated heads. They, I mean, they are a horrific, barbaric people, and they like it. They want to be known for it. In fact, I mean, they, they are their own publicity. They, they want to be known for how barbaric and chaotic, and they, they, they try to assert power and dominance and all of that. And Jonah is called to go serve them. He's called not just to go serve, but to go, to go tell them to repent and turn to the Lord. And, and, and Jonah is obviously um, a little hesitant. The Bible tells us that Jonah hears from the Lord, hey, go to Nineveh. Jonah's like, mm, pass, I'm out. And Jonah runs, Jonah runs. Jonah jumps on a boat, runs away, and um, ends up 2,200 miles in the opposite direction from the 500-mile journey God had called him to. So it took him further, cost him more, exhausted him more than it should have um, to run away from from the Lord. And one of the things that we saw was that disobedience will always take you further than you want to go and cost you more than you're willing to pay. And, and we talked about that, that, that God is going to speak to you this year. He's going to call you into some things and away from some other things. And you're not always going to like it, but that we're called to influence. We're called to impact. And it may look different than we want it to be. In fact, R.T. Kendall says this related to the book of Jonah. He says, the book of Jonah is one of the most relevant books for our present time. 
because of being called to influence, to serve your enemies, to, to serve those around you. And Jonah hesitates, runs away. And one of the things we see through this, through Jonah's story is that, that, that God notices you. God notices you. Even when he is ignored, he doesn't ignore. Jonah runs away and yet God still pursues. Jonah runs as far away as he possibly can get and yet God is right there with him. God is right there pursuing him, chasing after him. And when Jonah didn't listen to God's words, God spoke to him through his works. Jonah wouldn't listen to God's word. The Bible says the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Hey, go to Nineveh. He's like, nah, pass. So he goes, God's like, all right, fine. Here's a storm. Get your attention. Okay, please come with me. Okay, he didn't listen to his words, so God spoke to him through his works. And, but most scholars would say that this story, this point of the story where we find ourselves in Jonah chapter one and verse nine and 10 is this turning point where Jonah says, you know what, all right, I'm in, I'm in. And I'd like to believe that, that all of us sitting here and all of us listening might find ourselves in that place right now if we haven't already. And my desire is that we would recognize the call that's on our life, the call that's on our generation to influence and, Im <coughs> excuse me, and impact the world around us. See, why do we call ourselves seven? It's from Acts chapter six. When the seven got involved, the church multiplied. The church was growing. It was awesome. Ministry was growing. And the disciples had to find seven others to help them, to serve alongside them to care for the widows and the orphans and to care for the people, to serve others. And when they did, the Bible went from growing to multiplying rapidly and the church grew. We were called for impact and influence. We're called to make a difference. We're called with there's purpose on your life. And uh, in, in Jonah chapter one and verse nine, what we see is that this is the first time actually that Jonah speaks. And, and again, the, the goal of this whole thing is that we would see the character of God. This is the first time Jonah speaks and Jonah speaks up and says, you know what, this, this actually might just be about me. I might be maybe a little bit at fault for where we find ourselves right now. See, here's the thing. God will get your attention one way or another. You mean too much to him. You are too valuable to him. He will get your attention and for some of you like I said last week even you just being here you didn't know what you were stepping into but the fact that you're here says it may be God trying to get your attention you maybe thought you were going to dinner maybe you thought you were going somewhere a friend brought you here God getting your attention maybe you're listening maybe you're listening online and 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 you don't even know how you got this a friend sent it to you or whatever and, and this is God getting your attention that says hey you mean the world to me you're valuable to me I cannot let you keep going. I've got a purpose for your life. I've got a plan for your life. I've, I've got something for you. You've been trying to make your life on your own, but, but I, I know the way. I, I am the way, in fact. You are too valuable to him. But while Jonah was, was disobeying, God was still pursuing. So what does this look like? What does this turning point in our relationship with the Lord look like? When we're saying, hey, we're ready, right? Because it's one thing to say, I'm ready to do what you've asked me to do. It's another thing to take steps and actually do it, right? It's easy to say you're committed to something. It's a little bit harder to actually take steps to prove 
I'm in. Right? We, 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 say here, we say here at Gateway, don't, don't come here. Be here. We, we don't just want to come and just be a part and just hang out. Like, that's awesome, but that's not why we come here. We, 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 don't, we don't come here. We, we want to plant roots here. We want to grow here. We want to we want to become the fullness of God, of the people that God's made us to be here. And so we say, don't come here, be here. And, and the reality is, is that we don't just want to like say, God, I'm in. We want to actually be in. I believe because you're here, because you're listening, that's you. God, I don't just want to attend. I don't just want to, to like find friends. God, I want, to, I want to get involved. I want to build something. I want to make a difference in my city and in my workplace and in my family, like, God, I am in with no strings attached, whatever that means. But the reality is, is that there's some, step, there's some steps that, that come. There are some steps that we take, just as it's, it's one thing to say, like, to my wife, I'm committed to you. It's another thing to get married. It's another thing to, to create some accountability. It's another thing to continually pursue her and show her, hey, I'm committed to you. I, I'm here. So what is this? What does this look like? Jonah chapter one, verse nine. Jonah says, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and dry land. And everything began to change. Everything began to change. So what does this look like? Number one is this. Point number one is this. Disciples make decisions. Disciples make decisions. Who are you? Whose are you? See, you, you, you cannot run, we talked about this last week, but you cannot run from God. You, you just can't. You, you can try to run as much as you want, but what you'll find is that you can't get away from him. And at some point, it's, it's, we must decide who we are and whose we are. And what I've learned in my life and what I've seen on display in so many different people throughout so many different times is the more I try to answer who I am, the more confused I actually become about who I really am. The more I try to seek out and answer it for myself, the more confused and like, you start to see that you're like, I don't like that, I don't like that. And, and in fact, you know what happens? A lot of times us as people, we, we go to people in hopes that they can help us figure out who we are and they don't even know who they are. Like, like our friend, they don't, they're trying to figure out who they are. They're 25 Merit, whatever. They're trying to figure out who they are. And yet so often we go to the people that are in our life and say, hey, can you like help me with this? We get validation, security, acceptance, all those things from these people. And, and it, it like is supposed to show us who we are and yet they don't even know who they are. The reality is the only person who can show you who you truly are is the Lord. And what we find is that true disciples, they, they make decisions. They don't just sit around. Disciples make decisions. Look, look at what the Bible shows us in, uh, in John chapter 6, verse um, 67 through 69. The Bible says this, Jesus has just, so, um, so there's all these people around and, and Jesus is speaking and he's preaching and he says, hey, like, if you want to follow me, like, you've got to drink my blood and eat my body. Like, <laughs> this is what it means to follow me. And the Bible tells us that, like, everybody left. Like everybody was like, no, I'm out. That's gross. That's weird. For sure out of this place. Everybody left. And, um, and, and the Bible says that Jesus, right? Jesus, John chapter six here, he, he goes to them. 
Verse 67, then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Here's what I'm saying. Answering the call of God on your life is gonna require you to make some hard decisions. It's gonna mean that you've gotta cut some things out like we talked a little bit about last week. It's gonna mean that you maybe have to prioritize your time a little bit different. See, when you understand that there's purpose on your life, you treat your minutes a lot different. You you treat your pennies a lot different. When you recognize that your life is about serving people and, and, and it's about helping people and it's about, it's about stewarding your life in a way that, that people might see God and see his love for them, it changes the way you, 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 you treat your minutes. It changes the way you treat your pennies. It, it changes the way that you treat um, your, your possessions. It, it changes the way that you treat everything. It, it adjusts everything. Because everything now has purpose. There is nothing in my life that is not connected to the purpose that God has called me to walk out. This, this is what being a disciple looks like. It means I gotta make some decisions that my life is not my own. In fact, I love that song that says, my life is not my own, to you I belong. I give myself, I give myself away. Disciples make decisions. Disciples make Decisions, And what we see here is that, 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 that Jonah just jumps in and, and just a like side note here, like beware of people that are willing to blindly follow you without challenge or understanding. Okay, like, like Jonah just jumps in a boat and everybody just goes. Okay, and, and I'll just tell you like, it's prob- we probably need to make some better decisions about the people that we spend our time around if the people around us don't challenge us or frustrate us every once in a while. The, the, the people that I should keep in my life are the people that are, that are constantly pushing me and challenging me. And for many of us in this room and listening, like, like it's time to make a decision that I'm not gonna play games anymore. It, it's time to make a decision that I'm not just gonna come anymore. I'm not just gonna be around. I'm not just gonna attend. I'm not just gonna like wait four years while I'm in school. I'm not just gonna, I'm not gonna wait until I get my career. I'm not gonna wait until I get my retirement. I'm not gonna... Like we just keep making excuses and kind of kicking the can down the road, recognizing God's called us to something, but like, ah, later, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it when I can. And for some of us here under the sound of my voice, like it's time for you to jump in. It's time for you to get in the game and say, God, I'm here, I'm yours, use me. I know you've called me to more and I know I haven't been stepping into it, but, but today's the day to submit to God's will for your life and give up your own. Number two, point number two, the second observation that we see from Jonah's life is he steps in and he says, you know what? Okay, fine, I'm done. I'm not playing any games. I'm in, God. See this, number two. Humility is a necessity. Humility is a necessity. Look at uh, Jonah chapter one and verse 12. It says this, and he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. See, Jonah had to admit that maybe not all the circumstances around him um, were random. 
Jonah had to get to a place where he was willing to say, you know what, some of what I'm experiencing might actually be my fault. And, and I think it's just important for us to understand that, like, first of all, like in church, we love to make everything the enemy's fault because it's easy. But sometimes it's as simple as you and I recognizing, you know what, I've kind of got myself into this. I've kind of got myself here. Yeah, there's probably some other things that are going on and some circumstances and it's not all, like life just isn't fair and all that. Yeah, I get all of that. But, but Jonah had to get to a place where he was like, you know what, um, this might be on me a little bit. And you know what, if you kind of, if you throw me off, uh, it, it, things might get, get better. Look at this, First Peter chapter five, it says this, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. And be clothed in what? Humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Proverbs 15 verse 33 says this. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. And, and, and one of my favorites, one of my favorites, look at this. Proverbs 22. In a generation, in a world that's striving to be, re, be rich, get rich, accumulate wealth, have everything, be able to do anything that you ever want. Look at what the Bible says, Proverbs 22. By humility and fear, and the fear of the Lord are the riches and honor of life. You wanna be rich? Be humble. Oh, it's probably not the same rich that you're thinking about, but, but you want riches and honor in life? Like, be humble. Fear the Lord. Walk in the fear and reverence of the Lord. Humble yourself each and every day. We see from Jonah that there was this moment where he had to say, you know what? I'm not completely innocent in all of this. I might have led to one or two of these things. And, and I've got to realize that, man, going forward, and, and consider this, like that's an empowering thing to realize in my life that, you know what? I'm actually in control of a, a little bit more than I think I am. See, God is in control of eternity, absolutely. And ultimately, like, God is in control. But, like, understand, you have been called and given the responsibility to steward today. Today is your responsibility. Today is my responsibility to steward. And if I find myself in a situation that I want to be in, it's, it's cause for me to say, you know what, is there anything that I... Is there any way that I maybe haven't stewarded things well enough that have kind of got me here and realized that like, man, that's an empowering thing to know. Okay, so here's what I need to do. Here's how I need to steward my, my time, my pennies, my, my relationships, my, my job, my, my focus so that I can change some things. Humility is a necessity. Number three, submit to his way. Submit to his way. Jonah chapter one, verse 13. Nevertheless, look what the Bible says. Jonah says, pick me up, throw me into the sea, then the sea will become calm for you. Because this is kind of my fault. Verse 13, nevertheless, the men rode harder to return to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and he said, we pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. Jonah told him, hey, I know how to get out of this thing. I know, I know what we need to do. Again, we, we talked about last week that it, like, like a lot of us, we ask what God has called us to do, but then we determine the where. We wanna determine the where. 
In the same way, many of us, we're like, hey, God, I'm in. I am in. I'm done with this. I recognize I've made some mistakes. But, but then immediately we start trying to do things our way again, don't we? Look at that. Jonah said, hey, throw us overboard. And the men, they just, they just tried to row harder. They're like, nah, we'll, we'll, we got this. And they just tried to row harder and harder and harder, and yet the sea grew more and more crazy around them. Here's one of the things we notice. Write this down. His way works. Yours will not. I'm just telling you, like, that will provide you so much freedom through the course of your life when you realize his way will always work. Maybe not how you want, Maybe not how you planned out. Maybe not how you've outlined everything to go. But his way will always work. Yours will not. It just, that's just how life is. And the quicker we realize that, the more freeing our life becomes. When I recognize my responsibility is simply steward what God's given me, his responsibility is to make things work out. That's it. That's my job. That's his job. His way works, mine will not. And hear me, your way will never lead to his will. Your way will never lead to his will. Godly influence has a divine process that does not have room for your proposals. Like, like we wanna say like, God, but can I do it this way actually? Or can I, man, like God wants to use you. God wants to do great things through your life, but I'm gonna just tell you like it's not your way. It, it doesn't work how you want it to work. It, it's not something that you can manufacture or force. Look what the Bible says, Isaiah 55, verse 8 through 9. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, or my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Jeremiah 29, 11, a, a verse that we love to quote at graduation time. We love to quote in the, in the best moments of our life. But you know when this verse was written? Um, yeah, when Israel was not doing so hot. Uh, they, they were growing more and more hopeless by the minute. And, and, and the Lord comes to, comes to Jeremiah, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. To give you a hope and a future. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, many of you know this verse. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths, your paths. His way works, yours does not. It just doesn't. You can try as much as you want. In fact, the Bible says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And a long time ago, I realized, and I was, as I was studying that, I realized, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. You know what I realized? If it was important enough for Jesus to remind us that he's the way, it's probably because there's another way that looks right, seems right, maybe even sometimes feels right, but doesn't actually lead me where I ought to go. Doesn't lead me to the life that God has prepared for me. Doesn't lead me into the, to the influence, into the destiny, into the purpose that God has called me to. There's, there's a way that it kind of looks right. But Jesus says, hey, don't, let's not get it twisted. I am the way. I am the way. No matter what looks right, no matter what feels right, it might work for a little bit. Ultimately, it will fail you. 
the only way that will continually lead to life and joy, not habit, joy and purpose and fulfillment is him, is his way. And the last thing is this. When we submit to God's plan for our life and we say, you know what, God, I'm in. God, I'm willing to do this your way. God, I understand that, that I'm not it. That, you know what, I'm important, but I'm not that important. I'm awesome, I'm not that awesome. And, and I understand that you're bigger and I'm not God and you are. And when we recognize that, that his way is the only way that works, God, I'm willing to do it your way. The last thing is this, point number four, death is required. Death is required. Jonah chapter one, verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and for three nights. We look at Galatians verse two, verse 20. Bible says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 5, 24, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Laid down my desires, laid down my passions, laid down my ways, I've picked up his. Mark 8, verse 35 says, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Jonah is swallowed by a fish, and this is very much a symbolic deal. It's pointing to even a true and better Jonah, as Matthew says, that, that is to come. Jesus, broken, crushed, crucified, buried in a tomb. All of earth stood still in darkness for three days and, two, and three nights. And, and then he rose again. He did what Jonah couldn't. He, he's God. He's, but as we seek to to be everything that God's called us to be, it's gonna require that we die. It's gonna require that I allow who I think I am to die so that I can be all that God has created me to be, alive. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. See, here's the thing that we don't often like to, like to talk about when it comes to calling and purpose and living out what God has asked us to do and, and become. And so one of the things that I've realized is every call requires crushing. There's this process of like, even when it comes to like making wine, like the grapes are, are crushed and it produces this, this beautiful wine and the crushing is not an awesome part. It's kind of ugly. It's kind of hurtful. It stinks sometimes. And, and I felt like the Lord just said, Isaac, every call requires crushing. And so I kind of sat with that for a while and I dug in and I'm like, God, like I, I want to do what you've called me to do. I want to be who you've called me to be, but that doesn't seem awesome. God, like 
What do you mean? And I felt like the Lord gave me this. When it comes to crushing, here's how we're gonna, here's how I felt like this, this definition God gave me for crushing is this. Crushing is carefully administered compression to the point that the unhealthy things are squeezed out so that life and divine purpose can be revealed and experienced. One more time, crushing is carefully administered compression to the point that the unhealthy things are squeezed out so life and divine purpose can be revealed. Here's my question tonight. What is it? What are those unhealthy things? Maybe right now it's frustrating. Maybe right now it hurts a little bit. Maybe you're like, God, I'm in, and it seems like things haven't gotten immediately better for you. I mean, obviously we understand that like following God doesn't mean everything's gonna get better. It just means that he's with me in it all. But maybe you've said, you know what? I've answered the call of God. Like I'm in, I wanna, I wanna be who you've made me to be. I wanna, I wanna do what you've asked me to do, but it just seems like things are just frustrating. It's hurting. It's, this isn't fun. This isn't, this is difficult. I would just submit to you that you might be in one of the most beautiful stages. This moment where with the Lord, there's some crushing that's going on. It's carefully administered compression where just trying to get out some of these unhealthy things, some unhealthy perspectives, some unhealthy views of life, some unhealthy relationships, some things that aren't supposed to be there. With Jonah, some fears that caught him, that caused him to, to stay away from the people that God has called him to lead and to serve. And Maybe it's calling some relationships out. Maybe it's getting rid of some fears, some anxiety, some worries, whatever it is. But so that life, true life can be experienced and divine purpose can be revealed in you. So the question is, what's the Holy Spirit speaking to you? What is that? Seem to go, do you find yourself there? Or what stage do you find yourself in? Maybe tonight, it's a, it's a night where you decide, you know what, I'm in. I'm in. I'm a part of this. I, I, I wanna, I'm not just coming. I'm not just gonna attend. I'm not just gonna do this saying, God, I'm in. I'm all yours. Maybe for you, you've been thinking that you can do this all on your own for a long time and that you're like, man, I got this. This is awesome. And maybe tonight is a humbling night for you where you realize, you know what, I'm, God, I need you. I'm not as awesome as I thought I was. And God, you've made me special and, and, and marvelous and, and beautiful, but at the same time, God, like you're God, I'm not. I need you. For some of you in this room or listening, you, maybe you've been trying to do things your way for far too long and it is finally time to realize his way works and yours doesn't. And submit to his way. Maybe there's parts of you that you've been holding on to life, relationships, whatever. And God's saying, hey, lay it all down. Let go of everything that was you so that you can be the you I've made you to be all along. What's the Holy Spirit speaking to you today? God, I thank you for your presence. God, I thank you for speaking to us through your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are so gentle. You are so kind. Thank you that you are not condemning in any way, but but you come to reveal the things that, that need to be revealed and, and you are gentle and you are comforter and 
You are a helper. And Holy Spirit, I just ask in this moment, whether we're listening or here, that you would just speak to us. What ought to be our response today? God, we want to be used by you. We want to walk with you. We understand we don't, we don't work for you. You're, you're inviting us into something with you. But God, we don't want anything to get in the way of that. We don't want anything to get in the way of us being with you and working with you and seeing you and experiencing life with you. And so Holy Spirit, what is it? Show us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us for this week at 7. For more information about our community and to stay up to date with everything going on at 7 and new content that's releasing every single week, make sure that you text 7 at 7 to 97000. Don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at Be The 7. We love you and we'll see you next week. Be The 7.